Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. This week, we're discussing A Queen of Ruin by K.F. Breen. This is the last book or book four in her Deliciously Dark Fairy Tales series. We discussed our books earlier this year, and so we invite you to check out those episodes if you haven't, um, or if you need a refresher for what happened in those books. I'll introduce our characters, and then Vicki will take off with our plot. So for our characters, we have Finley, who is our female main character. She is the princess slash queen of the Dragon Kingdom and a ferocious dragon with burgundy scales. She has no filter and no finesse, but is a talented healer and beloved by nearly everyone she encounters. She has three siblings, with the oldest being Hannon, who has helped her with some of her greatest challenges, and together they have helped keep their family afloat. He, Hannon, takes on the role of money man and assembles an advisory council in this book for their new kingdom. Hadriel is Finley's best friend, and he becomes her queenly advisor in this book. He also has no filter, and he loves Finley fiercely. And her lady's maid is Leela. Her guard is Vimar, who is a dragon that she met while in Dolion's prison in the last book. We also have Nefane. He is our male main character, and he is the prince slash king of the dragon kingdom. His dragon is gold, and he bears the scars of years of protecting his kingdom under the curse of the demon king, Dolion, who is our big bad guy in this series. Nefane's mother, Arleth, is the former queen of the dragon kingdom and was thought to be dead for the last 16 years, but appears alive and well in this book. So this is the final book of Nefane and Finley's story. Um, and at the end of the last book, it was revealed that Nefane's mother, the queen, was still alive. And so this is where this book picks up. They are dealing with quite a few issues. The first is having the queen back and she's acting suspicious and not being very clear about her, her intentions. There's also some political intrigue and they need to work through Finley's inexperience with both being a royal and a shifter. Uh, meanwhile, Finley focuses on healing Nefane so that his gold scales and wings can be restored. She also brings the wolves and dragons together and does her best to keep the old hierarchy in the shifter world from returning to her kingdom. Hannon enc- encounters some trouble and his animal is finally exposed. And the groups must work together to take down Dolian for good so that Finley and Nefane can have their happily ever after. Spoilers ahead. Yes, spoilers abound. Mm-hmm. So I really liked this book and I appreciated the characters and the story, but I really feel like this could have, like this whole story with Nefane and Finley could have wrapped up at the end of the third book. It seems like when I was reading this one, I just kept waiting for something to happen. And like we, we got to the end, there's a big climax and it felt kind of anticlimactic. I agree. This was uh, kind of hard on a reread because I was not interested in some of like these really main plot points in the mm-hmm. book. Like, I didn't care about Nefane's mother. 
I didn't care about how the whole like, oh, he's not actually the king's son. I was like, this seems like extra added drama that this series didn't really need. Like Mm -hmm. it was solid on its own. Um, So I agree with you. This either could have been wrapped up in the last book or this could have been because this book was almost 700 pages. It was a very long book. Yeah, Yeah. this book could have this book could have been like 300 pages and wrapped up the series nicely, I think, um, if she had taken out some of that um those twists I guess that just mm-hmm. for me anyway I just found myself not super interested in mm-hmm. um but uh, I mean obviously I enjoyed the book overall yeah. and I love Nathane and Finley and Hadriel and basically all of the characters they're just all fantastic yeah agree I mean I same I love the characters I loved um and have up to this point so I kept reading the story I just there was, I feel like a lot of action in the last book. And in this book, it felt like we were continuously building towards action without the action actually having occurred. I, I texted you when I was reading this one. I felt like I was reading a Jennifer L. Armentrout book because I was like 50% in and still waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good. I enjoyed the characters, but I, I agree. I think it could have been half as long as it was in the last book in the series there should be like tons of fireworks I feel like right I agree I, I feel like you should load it with action because you're wrapping things up not load it with political dinners I mean at one point there's like a three month time warp right mm-hmm. we jump ahead three months which felt really random I feel like you could have really easily done I don't know a four month time warp and just briefly summarized all of the stuff that happened in part one and part of part two. Mm-hmm. And it would have been fine. I don't think it would have detracted from the story. No, so. I agree. So just our thoughts, just <laughs> our, just our thoughts. There's not, I mean, still love this author and still really enjoyed this book. Just mm-hmm. thinking, uh, Finley is still amazing. I, I love her as a character. I love how she brings everyone together with zero finesse. Yes. And people mostly just go along with it because they like her. Mm -hmm. And she's great. And she tells it like it is, which is fantastic. There's no, uh, for her, like political maneuvering or things like that. She's like, you're fucking it up. Stop doing that. The end. Uh, Which is great. Like immediately after their big battle with Dolion, Nefane basically says, I'm the king. I'm going to instate Finley as the queen and give her an equal amount of power. And her word carries the same weight as mine. So if you fuck around with her, be prepared to find out. And that's it. Like they're just, they're a nice, lovely, amazing power couple. I, Nefane absolutely like stole the show for me in this one in terms of their relationship because Mm -hmm how supportive he was of her and like he just like how he took her cues so they have that like awkward dinner with his mother um and his mother takes a like sip of the soup and he takes you know a sip and she's just um finley's just puts her spoon in it so Mm -hmm. he stops eating Mm -hmm. because finley's not eating and i was just like just these like small things that he does Mm -hmm. and then they're like the large things like you were talking about um you know, but that one, these speeches that he gives, he's just, 
yeah he he really kind of stepped up his support game i feel like in this one <laughs> did he's come a long way from being the broody grumpy dragon in the first book yes. all scarred and serious to mm-hmm. being the super sweet supportive partner that he is now mm-hmm. i mean he's just so uh he's protective of her but he still gives her space to be her own person it's not like she's it's not like she has to fight for her position or I don't know if and if she really pushed it and was like no I'm gonna do whatever I want he would concede and just be grumpy about it I mean that's just he recognizes her autonomy as a leader and as a person and is respectful Mm -hmm. yes he's really great he's come a long way he has he still does have some of those insecurities mm-hmm. um you know so finley is working on putting together like a way to heal him right a potion or uh, elixir whatever anyway she's working on like trying to heal him and so his scales do at first like like they kind of um get become gold but there's still some that aren't gold And so he's scared to shift into his dragon form to see what it's going to look like because he wants to match the gold dusting on Finley's dragon. Mm -hmm. And it's just so sweet. Like, there's just something about that that's just so cute. Mm -hmm. So when he does shift for the first time into that form, you know, he's got some gold patches. He's like, well, I guess at least I, like, kind of match her in some Mm -hmm. places. It's just nipping. Yeah, they're precious. Mm-hmm. they're precious yeah uh i so at the end of the last book we were kind of speculating on what was going to happen with nefane's mom if she was going to be helpful or harmful and i was real worried about what her so her name is arlith apparently we was really worried that she was going to end up being a complication and a hassle mm-hmm. uh, especially when they found her trying to access the gold that she had hidden when she lived in this kingdom before. Mm-hmm. And I, it was such a sad moment for Nefane because he finds her and he asks her what's going on. And she says that she's trying to get her dowry basically. And he's just so hurt in that moment because on top of her actually being alive and him thinking that she has betrayed him and also lied about everything um he also thinks that she's just there to get her money and run and he's so it hurts him so much but he like holds it together in front of his people and i i just thought i guess i respected him in that moment for just kind of internalizing those feelings but being i mean afterwards talking with finley about it um, kind of holding it together in front of his people, but being willing to be. And I guess when your mate can feel your feelings, it makes it easier. Maybe it might make it easier to express them. I don't know. But I appreciate the vulnerability that they share with each other and talking about how things make them feel. Um, if I found my mama doing that, I would be so upset. I don't think I would hold it together in front of my people. Like, really? It's not enough that you were alive for the last 16 years and being sneaky about it really yeah um 
Yes. I hated that for Nefane mm-hmm. so much. And I, so she says, right, she's like, I don't really want to be queen. I The way she says it, it's kind of like, I just want to take my gold and go, mm-hmm. right? But for whatever reason, so she says this, but she also says that um, like they're having this dinner, right? And in front of servants, she tells Nefane that he's not like the blood child of mm-hmm. his father. And it's like, why would you do that? Like, so I know, I know she says, and in her point of view, she says she has no interest in it, whatever. But then why did you do that? Yeah. That was stupid. Like, why couldn't you just be like, you know, like, can we have some time? Mm-hmm. She's queen. I am sure she has dismissed servants before. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Well, I think she even mentioned saying that she hadn't intended to say that in front of people. Uh, it just kind of came out, which I think is interesting because she spent so much time coaching Finley mm-hmm. later on on things that she shouldn't, shouldn't say and queenly propriety and all that stuff. So I did think that was kind of odd and interesting. And then um, in part intentional, maybe because uh, I mean, I know she says she didn't intend to, but they later go on to say that it kind of works out with Nefane not being the legit heir because he's not actually a product of the mad king so that might help people who are worried about Nefane taking on their leadership because his father would have been horrible mm-hmm. so, that's kind of weird I do love at the start of that dinner Nefane says to her mother I'm surprised to see you here in this kingdom I was told you died like just the way that he approaches it is so I just oh I I love him in this book he's great yeah he's really come a long way yeah and then Finley's the one doing damage control at that moment she's like all right everybody get out close the door (laughs) um nothing to see here bye It, it was it was pretty good yeah and I mean, I can't imagine, like, how mind-blowing would that be for Nathane to think for his, you know, entire existence, this horrible person sired him, and then to find out in a really short period of time, hey, by the way, your mom's not dead, and also your dad is someone else. And then to also find out that the person who sired you, he was killed for treason. I can't remember his name. It's like, Oh, it starts with a T. Tree frog or tree foil or I don't know. Trifle. I don't. I don't remember. Something with a T. Um, his dad's name, his bio dad's name, was used. So he was killed for treason, and his dad, like his the king, mm-hmm. would use that name as like a taunt. Like you're worth less than mm-hmm. this person. You're not worth a whatever mm-hmm. hurtful yeah it's a lot to process in a minute it's a lot there's got to be some relief for him too in knowing though that he's also not the product of a mad king yeah you know because one of his worries that was touched on in somewhere um was that he would turn out like his father yeah so this can kind of this alleviates a little bit of that tension. Mm-hmm. In the first part of this book, Dolion attacks the kingdom again, and they've kind of had a chance to pull some of their stuff together a little bit. But 
Dolian attacks again. And I appreciated Finley so much in this moment because of how she united the wolves and the dragons in their fighting. So it was a ground attack and the uh, demons had been able to use magic or had been cloaked in magic that prevented them from being burned alive, which is dragon's primary fighting mechanism uh, when people are on the ground. And so Finley was like, you know what? I'm just going to squish them. I'm just going to sit on them and hit them with my tail. And because that's how Nefane fights, he doesn't have wings. That's how he fights. He fights on the ground and he wasn't calling other people to do it. So she did it and got everyone else down there too. I just thought it was so clever. Mm -hmm. Yes, I 100% agree. And I love a good, so she gets all like, just in general, how she gets all the wolves and the dragons together and all of that. Like, I love a good like Avengers assemble moment, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, where they all come together to fight. Uh, so I enjoyed, so that the one you're talking about is also the one where she gets, she manages to bite Dolian and yeah. she gets almost like killed. Dead. Yes. Right. Yeah. She almost dies. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I like what I, what I appreciate a lot about Finley is how she doesn't really care like she cares a little bit but she doesn't care too much about upholding any of the previous you know rules of the kingdom right Mm -hmm. obviously none of the rules of the shifters any of this hierarchy stuff she was she doesn't want to do that so that gives her the chance to look at this in a whole new light and find where people or shifters like where their strengths and weaknesses are and how to unite them instead of coming at it with maybe like Nefane's point of view where he might not notice those things necessarily mm-hmm. um, so I really appreciate that about her in this series yes and she with that is able to recognize how Nefane being able to fight on the ground as a dragon is a strength mm-hmm. she recognizes how dragons are great in the air but limited when it comes to ground level fighting and so because of her they start training dragons and wolves to work together on the ground which makes them a better overall threat to other other um, kingdoms. Yep. She built she, up a really strong force. She did. And because she was raised as a commoner, she doesn't have the same biases that, I mean, really it's the dragons that are biased because they're so snotty about the fact that they're dragons, but she doesn't have the same biases. And so she can say, look, I don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. how this was done or what you think this is how we're going to do it now and Nefane is just supportive a hundred percent of the time right which makes it easier for her mm-hmm. to you know to get people to listen I really like so kind of speaking of the wolves um Weston yes mm-hmm. I loved Weston yeah he was great I loved like his backstory and everything was so interesting and I felt Mm -hmm. kind of bad for him um, with the backstory too, but um, he was, he was so great in uniting the forces as well. Yes. And they had this one meeting with Finley and Nefane and Weston and they're just like meeting in the library, right? Mm -hmm. They're just having a conversation. And before Weston leaves, he's like, you know, normally these aren't held this way. <laughs> They're held like uh, in a more formal like setting. And I think he says like it was refreshing or something like that. 
to have it done this way and that and how Finley is going to run her court totally differently. I just, yeah. And he was great. And he's so like strong with the wolves. I don't know. I just really yeah. liked him. I liked him a lot too. I thought it was great how he approached uh, Finley and Nefane about the possibility of like, so, I mean, he, he told them his backstory and he was like, I like it here. And I think this is a great place and I would like to stay, but there are some complications and I need to know how you want to handle this situation. Like he was like, if these wolves don't want to be attached to me, I'll release them. But I wanted to talk to you about it first Um, Mm -hmm. because of the way that Finley has approached creating their kingdom. It gave him the space to be like, look, I know this isn't the traditional way things are done, but I'd like to have a conversation with you about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's definitely just being like, scary and bossy and my wolves are inferior Mm -hmm. she created space for everybody yes yeah i also really like that so near the end of the book there's this really great moment of unity where weston is talking about how they have a strong pack but it's a small pack and finley's like you mean the wolves plus all of the dragons that's a huge pack and he's like Oh, I guess we are all a pack. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really nice moment of unity. Yeah. And it's, I think it's in the final battle where he manages, he like pulls the wolves away from Dolian, right? They're maybe just their side, like, yes, Weston, clever, do it. Yeah. And adds more to their team, mm-hmm. <laughs> have some turn on the demons. Yes. Weston is great. Mm-hmm. I also, so speaking of side characters, Hadriel mm-hmm. remains like the shining star of this entire series. He really, really does. Why did I feel like there wasn't a ton of him in this book? There wasn't. I that missed wasn't him. just me. Okay, so no. that wasn't just me. Okay. It wasn't just you. There wasn't a ton of him, or maybe there was just less of him than there had been been in the other books. But I definitely felt like there wasn't as much Hadriel in this one, and I missed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved how, you know, with Weston, Finley was able to pull together like the wolves and the dragons so that they did have this hybrid pack so that Hadriel could stay with her. Um, I also realized when, or I loved when Nefane realized that Hadriel would serve better as Finley's advisor than as Nefane's butler. Yeah. I mean that, like, yeah, definitely. He was just... Oh, he's always just the best character. He's so protective of Finley. He is always on her side. He is hysterical. Um, I really enjoyed his like reluctant, reluctant friendship with Vimar, the 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 dragon from the prison, and how uh, Vimar has the seamster create matching clothes for them. Was there, what is their relationship? Like, you think it's going to turn into something? I felt like. I don't just, know. I don't know. Yeah. He calls him like little buddy. And I don't know if they're just going to be besties or if it's going to develop into more or what. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But I, I just loved how they had this teasing relationship. But when Hadriel complained about people picking on him, Vimar was like, um, what are their names? Mm-hmm. who yeah. hurt you <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Because Hadriel's well known for always getting like thrown over balconies or dangled over balconies. That's what it yes. was. For yes. being bullied. It's lovely to see him have someone who will stick up for him. Mm-hmm. Very different from how the, steri- the series started out with Hadriel too. Yes. He's gotten so brave. He really has. I mean, such growth compared to the first book and even the yes. third book where he's like waltzing himself into the demon kingdom to find Finland. Yeah. I mean, he's just really grown as a character. He started out just being like, I just want to be the mediocre um, butler. And now he's outstanding. He's he's really grown a lot. His ridiculous statements like remain my favorite. I wish that I wish that we had gotten to see more of him. But he says, goddess tickle my pecker. <laughs> and he is talking to Vimar one time. And he says, jacking off into an open window is not an act of misery. It's liberating. <laughs> you should try it sometime. <laughs> He's just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the other consistent, I guess, other side character that we've had is... Um, Leela, is that it? Yeah, Leela. Yeah. Leela. Um, she's great too. I love so in the last book, we really got to see her. I felt like come out of her shell, sort of, because we had stuff from her point of view where she's this like intense Dom um character. So yes. yeah. And every time she appears unexpectedly in this book, she's always wearing a leather thong and she's got her whip and mysterious bodily fluids on her. But she, with that whip, I mean, she is snatching people around the neck and get, she whips them at one point to get them out of the way. I just adore her as a side character. I also think it's amazing that after 16 years of having kinky sex, in the castle because of the curse like it unearthed actual kinks for several of the servants in this castle and so they just continued to have orgies and things despite the curse being lifted you go so for gosh a large part of this book it seems like finley tries to figure out how to cure nathane's scar and the curse that destroyed his wings so that she can restore his wings mm-hmm and I, I love this for both of them. I think it's fantastic that she's using her skills. And the whole time, Nefane is like, I don't need my wings. I could still be a worthy dragon, blah, blah, blah. Um, meanwhile, Finley is having uh, like a meltdown about wanting to be special and being a healer being her only worth and that I was thinking well we need to have a conversation about (laughs) self-worth and worthiness because you're born worthy um and it works but I was thinking like what if it had not succeeded she says I want to personally show Nefane my worth like I I want to do this for him it's like okay I recognize that but he also very clearly already knows her worth. And I feel like he shows her that he knows her worth. Yes. A lot. But so I guess I this was like... something she really wanted to do for him and for I herself. Guess so. And I, I wonder if it's just like some insecurity about not being worthy coming through. Because mm-hmm. I feel like she has other moments where she doesn't feel worthy. And so maybe that's related to like a power dynamic thing because he's a prince and she's a commoner, even though he's a bastard. Is that, I feel like that's not a nice way to say that anymore. Illegitimate child is not an actual product of the king. His dad is a commoner too, but 
I think that one of the insecurities that we see with both of these characters is maybe some feelings of not being worthy Nefane because of his scarring and the lack of wings and Finley because of her roots. Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully she does succeed. Yeah. Although I don't think Nefane would have loved her any less no. if she had not. But And it's like a glorious moment. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love it for Nathane so much because mm-hmm. he also has a self worth problem, right? Yeah, you know he's like, oh, poor, um, poor Finley with a dull mate. You know she's stuck with me or whatever. Um, there he's gotten better than in I think the first. Oh one yeah, especially, especially he, he was, was really bad in the first. Oh episode. gosh, awful. So like self sacrificing and yeah. Mm-hmm. So he definitely improved with that, but it was still, he gets to fly again. Yeah. yeah. And they have a really great moment where he's flying and he like summons her to fly with him and they play chase and she hides and mm-hmm. catches her and they have sex in the air, which is the thing I've never, I mean, we've read about it in the bargain there series with the Faye having sex in the air. It's different. I feel like never read about dragons having sex in the air so they like fly really really high and then like get a few thrusts in while they're free falling and then they start over that is what it sounded like yeah it sounded like um (laughs) how interesting (laughs) how different (laughs) seems really dangerous (laughs) not my preferred method (laughs) (laughs) For special occasions only. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Uh, That was one of the few. So for the first time in like reading history, I skipped most of the sex scenes in this book. I just wasn't into it. I don't know. There might be something wrong with me or something. I'm sure that they were great because this author writes fantastic sex scenes. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't skip any, I don't think, but I did skim some just because they were repetitive and I wanted to kind of get through it. Mm-hmm. Um but some of them were really hot. Yeah. Um, I believe it. But yeah, there was some repetitiveness to it. Um it didn't feel like there was like a gratuitous amount of sex or anything like that, at least not to not to yeah. me. Um, it seemed like the ratio to page length and sex scenes is probably about equal to her um, to the second book, I guess, is when they had um, a lot of that. I just, yeah. I like, there were some really nice, just sort of small intimate scenes that they had that I enjoyed. Like there's another library scene that wasn't, um that wasn't you know like this intense sex scene sort of thing Mm -hmm. they had some nice sort of intimate smaller moments that I enjoyed yeah I felt like they had a lot of really cute just moments with each other um and I I don't feel like there were I I feel like there were an adequate number of sex scenes I don't feel like it was an exaggeration compared with the other books um well she wasn't they weren't together I mean but even in the third book he would like pump sexy vibes to her through their bond so um I feel like I don't feel like it was 
an excessive amount. Or I just what I don't know. I was just getting through it, I guess. Um, at one point, though, he does. So it does say that his fingers sloshed through her wetness, and I did like a full stop. Excuse me, what? <laughs> when I read that, I don't think I've read a slosh as a descriptor for um, arousal before. It's like. <laughs> what um i did read the part where they had sex on stairs which sounds terribly uncomfortable but i guess when you're you know partial dragon like things like that are probably not a big deal to you you're like ah what's a little bit of stairs (laughs) i don't know um the coronation was a wild time so and, and maybe this is weirdly specific i wanted more descriptions of her clothes we got a lot of descriptions of hadriel's clothes mostly because they had dicks hidden on them or vaginas hidden vulvas hidden on them really um and so maybe i just wasn't i don't know maybe i wasn't paying a whole lot of attention i know that they mentioned something about her clothes being burgundy but i wanted like i wanted to see the coronation dress i don't know yeah i agree was it uh, i'm sorry i don't remember which thing it was there was a one point where she's literally like on fire though yes it's when she's walking down the stairs to have dinner with arlith oh is it their first big dinner yeah she gets dressed in the tower and she and nefane have this really really lovely moment as she's walking down the stairs where they're just staring at each other and it is so sweet and she is literally on fire and she's like how is the dress not burning and Hadria's like I don't know just go with it <laughs> yes it's a good show of power right because they're like yeah. oh we've never seen this before and she's yeah. her body is literally on fire yeah it made me think of the hunger games oh Katniss yeah Katniss yeah. so I did I ever read the books I don't know if I ever read the books but in the movie um Lenny Kravitz right I think that's yes. who plays it makes her a dress that is like on fire mm-hmm. you know and he's like oh they're not really like flames they're not real flames it made me think of that it gave me that imagery and then he like dies well, uh it's yeah what I, I can't remember his name it's like Sarah or Ciro or something I don't know Lenny Kravitz is beautiful mm-hmm. he is he is a gorgeous gorgeous person I didn't realize how old he was i guess like he has a whole grown-ass daughter who like yeah zoe kravitz. grown <laughs> yes i know zoe kravitz but she's like <laughs> i didn't realize i thought he was younger whenever i picture him but i mean it makes sense he it's because he is ageless he doesn't look like a man with an entirely grown daughter yeah. he's beautiful mm-hmm. i agree mm. Uh, yeah so we get to the coronation and like immediately heat cycle begins oh yes of course i mean just super inconvenient timing she's like huh looks like i'm gushing arousal fluid guess guess it's time um and everyone is like hurting people to get out of the way so that (laughs) fane doesn't murder anybody to get to his mate (laughs) How this awkward. is very inconvenient. Yeah. How awkward. I I just feel like these people end up naked a whole lot in front of their subjects. So it must just be something that's normalized. 
Well, they're shifters too, and they don't shift yeah. their clothes on. So. No, they take them off. As part of their coronation, they shuck their clothes and jump off of the balcony and turn into dragons. So, I mean, the whole kingdom has already seen them naked. What's what's one more time? Yeah. It's mentioned earlier in the book that her dragon was holding off, like holding off the heat until mm-hmm. his like wings were fixed and everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, her dragon just couldn't hold on to it anymore. And she Maybe was so. like, but wow, also, now is her, the time. Yes, her dragon is a dick, though. So I can yeah. see her doing that in the middle yes. of the, the ceremony just to be like, this is what you get. Yes. Exactly. We wanted to fuck in the sky and you wouldn't let us. So bam. <laughs> Enjoy your Interrupted. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then like five minutes after the coronation, not really, I think it might be a couple of weeks or whatever, or maybe just a week. I don't know. Finley is on a boat to the fairy kingdom and she finds out that she's pregnant. Like why? Doesn't, I I don't know. I could be getting this mixed up with like other lore, but like, doesn't the heat end just when she gets pregnant anyway? Like heats result in pregnancy, don't they? Not necessarily. Um, the so she experiences something called the euphoria and the euphoria is usually an indication that a person is pregnant oh okay no it doesn't i don't think it ends when pregnancy occurs it's just because for dragons it's really hard for them to get pregnant so if that was the case that's true people would be in heat forever that's true Oh my god, it's just dragons falling through the sky. <laughs> falling <down. laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. So they're, I mean, like about to go to war and Finley ends up pregnant. And I just really mm-hmm. is is this necessary? Seems to happen a lot in books. It does happen a lot in books. You know, we read that one series. Where like eight women were pregnant and they were all like warriors. And they were all war- in the tower at the like the last book. Yes. Right? Amelia Hudgens. Yep. One of yeah. Yep. They, and then they took all the pregnant women and put them in a tower. Yep. Why? Uh, Why? So they go to the fairy court fairyland what is it what do they call it um fairy, and I this kingdom to look it up yeah fairy kingdom they go to the fairy kingdom um and that gets interesting so we know that nefane was previously engaged to nefane was engaged to eris who was part of the fey kingdom mm-hmm. or no okay so yeah. i was right oh okay okay I was right. Sorry. Um, and there's some tension there between uh, Finley and her um, and the previous fiance, which ends up resulting in some funny situations. Yeah, this is my favorite scene in like the whole book, I think. It was so good. Finley went ape shit on Nefane's ex. Mm-hmm. Her name is Eris, which makes sense. Um causing some disruption and issues. It's a mythological name there. Um and so first Eris says, 
So she's talking shit about Finley to other people. And Finley's like, you know, I don't care. You can talk shit about me all I want. But then she talks about like, so Eris makes some type of like, mm, erroneous claim about having owner, like claim on um, Nefane. And she starts talking shit about the Everless. Like they haven't taken care of the Everless plants, which are Finley's babies. And Finley's like, you know what? Fuck this. And so she transforms into her dragon and she grabs Eris um, with her mouth and flies up in the air and drops her and then catches her and flies back up and drops her and catches her. And <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, God. it really, <laughs> really is. I, I just think it was such an excellent moment. It was. It really was. Yeah. And then after that, Finley's like, you know what? I don't, I don't care about y'all people. I'm going to do what I want to do. So she takes over like as many sections in the thing as in, in the, the tent with the plants as she wants. And she does whatever she wants with the plants. And everybody's just like, you know what? Respect. I'm going to give you the stuff that you want it. I want it. And she, she just, mm-hmm. she does what she likes and it's outstanding. Yes. Although someone does later try to poison her. True. Yeah, we don't ever find out who. I don't think so. No. Um. Yeah, no. Finley has like, so they're at a dinner and Kalia, who is one of their friends from Deleon's prison and is apparently a spy for the fairy king. Mm-hmm. Which Rude. did not go over super great. Um, Drinks Finley's wine because Finley's pregnant and not drinking and it's poisoned. And so uh finley's like go fetch my trunk of antidotes which is just so smart yes yeah. i know that she brought all of that with her yeah yes. she's, ha- she's having a conversation earlier in the book about how she would poison nefane if he ever turned into a dick and she's like you know what that's actually not a bad idea i need to learn more about poison so she does she makes a whole truck full of them and carries them with her like she's just very clever mm-hmm I appreciate that. Yes. She can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is really great. Um, but alas, we can't have nice things always, it seems. And so um, Hannon gets captured by demons while they're in the fairy kingdom. Oh, and he dies. Oh, and I was thing. so upset. Because he is just the best of all of them. He's so sweet and talented and smart. And he just wants to take care of his family. I was so upset. I know. It made me feel a lot of things. It was, it was so sad. I was, and then um, reading both Nefane and Finley's point of view of the aftermath of it mm-hmm. was both so sad. Like Nefane, you know, just in his head being like feeling horrible that he didn't do anything. I mean, there, Finley says like she let him die mm-hmm. as well. So they both have this guilt carrying around and Finley just says she's crying all through the night. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. it's really terrible mm-hmm. so sad I just ugh. yeah it was hard to read Hadriel's crying Leela's crying 
all of their friends are just on the lawn with them while Finley is grieving. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Gave me the feelings. Yeah. Um, but then it turns out that Hannon's not really dead. He's a phoenix. And so the next day he like, you know, rises from the ashes and such. And everyone's happy, which I think we theorized about. We did. We did. We said either peacock or phoenix. Okay. So we were we were right with the phoenix part. Um yeah. although I do have to say not really funny, but so when it first catches on fire where he is, right? And Finley's like, oh my God, who would do this? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is just like insult to injury. And then he shows up. It's like this gorgeous bird mm-hmm. flying out of the fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah. The imagery with it was fantastic. It was. And also he lands like super smoothly. And Finley's dragon is like, are you telling me that he just turned into a phoenix and landed with no issues? Uh-huh. Rude. Ugh. Yeah. And then... We also find out that like phoenixes can heal, right? Like with their te- what, tears, I think, or maybe I'm getting that from Harry Potter. Definitely <laughs> from Harry Potter. I just assume it's <laughs> sorry. Anyway, might be lore. Who knows? <laughs> might be lore. Anyway, but phoenixes can heal. And so there's a thought where she was like, What? No, I'm supposed to be the healer and he's the nurturer. Yeah, that was great too. And now he can land better than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, you can't steal this from me. This is fine. (laughs) It's fine. We're going to be fine. It's fine. And then like five seconds after, Kalia comes up and she's like, look, I don't want to rain on your parade or anything, but like everybody's going to want to hunt him. Everybody's going to want him. Yeah, he could end the world. Yep. This is serious. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not the best moment. (laughs) yeah yeah but we also have oh what's her name Desia yeah right Desia turns out to be a basilisk 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 yeah basilisk yes um and they're supposedly mortal enemies with phoenixes and I think together they're supposed to like bring on the end of the world mm-hmm. right yeah that's what it was although it's interesting this must be like well, either, I don't know, maybe she, like, kind of got it from Harry Potter, or maybe it's some sort of lore where phoenixes and basilisks don't get along. Yeah. Because we saw that paired in Harry Potter, too, as well. Yeah. Well, what I will say about that basilisk is that it was being controlled by Voldemort. That's, that is true. That is true. So, I don't think that Desia has any problems with Hannon in real life. No, I kind of got some like vibes from them. Same. I got the vibes as well, which made me wonder if this is going to be like a spinoff because Desia disappears at the end of this book. Nobody knows where she's at. And Hannon is looking for his true mate. Mm-hmm. It's got that forbidden lovers type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I hope that's what it's setting it up for. Either yeah. Hannon or Weston. Oh, Weston. Oh, yeah. And we finally understand what that secret with Kalia and Desia is in this moment, too, because Vimar overhears it earlier in the book. There's this really random chapter with them. That the very first 
of part two in the book. And it's like this right. I was like, why? What is this chapter? My reread is super I random. It. Yeah, I my reread. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally understand what that means. It's that Desia is a basilisk, and she accidentally killed her parents and all that jazz. Um, and she could be really dangerous to Hannon. So finally understand what's going on there. So I guess then they have this like council meeting sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Which the book was pretty much building up to, right? So mm -hmm. um at the beginning the Fane is says they can't go to the council weak as a weak kingdom, so they need gold, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. So now they're in a good place and they go to the council, only to find out that like Dolian basically controls the council. Um which was super disappointing. Mm -hmm. But everyone's in his pocket, apparently. He bought off everybody, even though they know he's terrible. Like, he just had everybody by the balls, which I felt like, you know, because we were building towards this moment for the whole book, I thought more would come of it. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. No. And I don't know if I felt like disappointed or just like odd because we did all this political ship and shit. And then it's like, womp, womp, sorry, let's go to war. Okay. I mean, okay. So they had like a, a mixer the first night. And I do like love and appreciate how Finley did not give a single shit about whatever rules the steward was trying to impose on her regarding talking about you know being imprisoned by Dolion, which is mis had just insane to me because um his name is porfino he's like now now we don't usually talk bad about people at these types of parties and she's mm. like <laughs> what he makes a comment to hannon because hannon is telling his story so he makes a comment about slander to hannon and hannon said i mean so usually hannon is like super even keeled like super calm very chill about things and so it's spectacular to see him get irritated in the scene because he says do i suddenly not understand the meaning of slander or are you an idiot like it was it was great especially coming from hannon mm-hmm so we have this, you know, uncomfortable cocktail hour. Um, Finley pisses everybody off because she calls them out for uh, basically um, licking Dolion's balls all the time. And then Dolion attacks in the night, right? Mm hmm Yeah. And so... Um, he sends like his lesser demons to attack the kingdom and they realize that he has already left and gone to his stronghold and this is the the time to go to war so they attack dolian's castle but they need like um they really need hannon's help with it as a phoenix mm -hmm. because only his fire can do something, right? Shoot, what was it? Oh, he has brimfire that can blast through stone. That's right. Basically. It's the brimfire, right? Oh, yeah. And so, like, he's flying around trying to, like, use it. He doesn't know how to use it. Um, but, yeah, so they attack the castle. Um, 
to get to Dolian. And I felt like Dolian's death was super anticlimactic and kind of, it's just me. No, I felt that way too. It did. Well, he was such a terrible bad guy. We didn't get, I mean, you know, we get a couple of scenes for him, like basically snickering because he thinks he can't be reached in his castle, but we don't get any dialogue from him. He's hardly present, Mm -hmm. which is disappointing. I think because as a bad guy, when he was in book two, book three, he was present and terrible. And so I did feel like it was. Like there wasn't a big fight with him or I I felt the same way. I felt kind of disappointed by it. Yeah. What I did like though, was that, so uh, Vimar is part of the, the, the um, Vimar and Govum, who was one of the demons that helped Finley escape from Dolion's castle. Um, are instrumental in helping to bring him down. But Nefane is the one that, you know, delivers the killing blow and he does it with his mom's sword, Arliss sword, which I, I think is a that. really, yeah, it's a nice full circle moment because that's the sword that Finley took with her when she sacrificed herself to Dolion basically and was made fun of. And even I think allowed to keep the sword because she didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a nice, full circle moment that this thing that she had been mocked for was the thing that ended up dealing his death blow mm-hmm. i agree and govum becomes king right yes yeah i also really like that too especially uh he gets injured and finley wants to heal him and nefane has like so nefane doesn't typically have many funny moments like he's pretty serious most of the time mm-hmm. but he has a funny moment he says um you can't die or i if you die, I can't make you king of this shithole. <laughs> She's great. Um, so he gets made king of the de- demon kingdom, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a good, I mean, you know, he knows dragons really, really well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, and he seems willing to work with dragons and wolves and everything. So it'll mm-hmm. be good to have a rational person. Yeah. I feel like there are some unanswered questions mm-hmm. uh, specifically about this council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Dolion was manipulating everybody. And we know that there are some issues with uh, Weston's former kingdom. King Enzo is the king of that one um, in terms of Weston now being an alpha for Finley's kingdom. So there's that. Plus what do they do now? Like how did, how are Finley and Nefane going to respond now, knowing that pretty much everybody except the fairy King was in Dolion's pocket. Right. Seems like there's a lot of corruption going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. That's one of the reasons that I think and I hope that there's going to be more to this series um, mm-hmm. because there's kind of this power vacuum that was created. And so hopefully I think maybe like Hannon and Weston would be the good people to mm-hmm. uh, change everything, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. 
yeah, maybe so. Um, we do get a nice little epilogue at the end of this book. So mm -hmm. we see Hadriel and Hannon and them um, wanting to feel Finley's belly and feel her baby kick. And then Finley has her baby and the Fane is finally at peace. And Hadriel is just precious as always. Is a really nice way to wrap up their story. I agree. I agree. I think we have. Had, I don't want to say like we've had enough, but I feel like there's everything's wrapped up well. We don't. Yeah. Like in terms of their story, like I think in the overarching like, plot and everything, you know, there's more that she could do for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but with their story, I just I love the way it was finally wrapped up. You know everyone yeah. got what they wanted it's like the perfect happily ever after it took them you know yeah. four books to get there but they got there yeah mm -hmm. yeah I feel like it wrapped things up really well mm, is there anything else you want to say about the plot or anything like that I don't think so okay let's talk about our favorite quotes yes so I picked, so this is when Finley was feeling a little insecure about Nefane's ex-fiance, right? And she says something to him, it's like, oh, you know, like this person before me. And he says, there is no before you, there is no after, there is only you, always. Oh. I just, it's so sweet. And it's so sweet. They're mm -hmm. precious. Mm -hmm. I picked this quote. You cannot appreciate the light if you don't spend any time in the darkness. I feel like this is a, we've talked about similar themes or variations on quotes kind of like this before, but I, I will never not appreciate a quote relating to something like this. Um, experiencing dark things and serious things and bad things. It's not fun a lot of times in the moment, but it does help you appreciate when things are spectacular, it gives you something to be grateful for when you're not in the dark periods anymore. And it also helps you relate to other people when they are experiencing dark times too. So mm -hmm. I liked that. Alrighty. Well, that wraps up A Queen of Ruin by K.F. Green. Join us next time for A Light in the Flame by Jennifer L. Armentrout. We are so excited about this one. We spoke about the first book in this series last October, I believe, when the book came out. It's called A Shadow in the Ember. Um, so you can check out that episode if you need a refresher. I will probably do that too, unless I have time to reread that first book. It's been a long time. Um. But yeah, that'll be what we talk about next. So thank you for listening and join us next time. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.